0: Experience. We all crave to have those amazing experiences when we travel, don't we? The ones you can look back on and say, I did that. However, sometimes those feelings of anxiousness can get in the way, can't they? And even stop us from experiencing those beautiful moments and distant lands. Hello, and welcome to The Anxious Adventure. I'm Katie Schlegel, your host here on The Anxious Adventure podcast. And I'm an anxious adventurer. I know that may sound contradicting, but I'm here to tell you that if the thought of traveling somewhere brings up those feelings of anxiety or stress, you've come to the right place. I've traveled to over 17 countries around the world. I've lived in Buenos Aires, Argentina and trekked across South America solo. I don't say these things to impress you. No, that is not what I'm here for. I say these things to let you know that every single one of those experiences had moments where my anxiety made me feel like I could not do it. So if that's how you feel or have ever felt, you are not alone. My hope for you, my dear anxious adventure, is that you are inspired by these travel stories so that you will be swept off into the world that traveling can open up for you. You just have to step outside your door. And don't you worry, I am right here beside you. Okay, before we go on our next adventure, I want to thank everyone who has taken the time to rate and review the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Sincerely, it means so much to me. If you feel so inclined, I would love it if you would rate and review the podcast. And if you leave a five-star review on Apple podcasts, I'll give you a shout out for sure. I don't have a review to read this week, but I do have some exciting news. I just heard that I am in the top 20 for Saudi Arabia, places and travel charts. I am number 18 to be exact. So this is a special shout out to all my listeners in Saudi Arabia. I'm sending you a huge thank you for tuning in and listening to my podcast. I never would have thought that I would rank in another country, so it has been super fun to see and track. Please know I am so very grateful to each and every one of you who listens. Thank you. Before we set off on our next adventure, I want to give you a little travel news update. I was chatting with a friend the other day, and we were both talking about how we need to get our passports renewed. Mine had already expired, and hers was just about to. She actually reminded me of a piece of information I wanted to share with you about renewing your passport. And this actually ties in perfectly with this week's episode. Now this applies only here in the United States, and as of right now, it's May 2023 for those who may be listening later on. I say that because it's always a good practice to check with your current rules and regulation on an official government site. But as of right now, there is good news for those who need to renew your passport that have already expired. You have five years from the expiration date to renew your passport. The official language used on the travel.state.gov website is that your passport must have been issued within the last 15 years. So what does that mean? A passport is given to you for a 10-year time frame. So you have five years after it expires before having to go through the whole process of applying for a brand new passport again. So be sure to renew before that five-year mark after your passport expires. In my own circumstance, as of right now, I have four and a half years to renew my passport, which means I have time, yes. But I better get to it if I want to go on any trips anytime soon. As I mentioned, this totally ties in to today's episode. How? Well, it's a travel story where let's just say I learned my lesson on what it means to check an official government site on travel regulations and entry requirements before you head out on your next trip. And just FYI, I checked this information about renewing your passport today just before recording to make sure it is correct because I've had it bite me in the butt before. Don't worry. I'm going to explain. I was traveling by bus from Floripa, Brazil, headed to the border of Brazil and Argentina. I had been dreaming of seeing the amazing wonders of the Iguazu Falls since my first trip to Argentina. I planned a stopover for a couple nights to stay in a little town near the Iguazu Falls on the Brazilian side, and this is where today's story begins. So grab your passport. Make sure it is current and up-to-date, because we are headed to South America, to a little town in Brazil called Foz de Iguazu. Welcome to the Iguazu Falls. The Cataratas del Iguazu in Spanish or Cataratas do Iguazu in Portuguese are waterfalls of the Iguazu River that lies on the border of the Argentinian province of Misiones and the Brazilian state of Parana. Together they make up the largest waterfall system in the world. The falls divide the river into the upper and lower Iguazu. The Iguazu River rises near the heart of the city of Curitiba For most of its course, the river flows through Brazil. However, most of the falls are on the Argentinian side. About half of the river's flow falls into the long, narrow chasm called the Devil's Throat. Garganta del Diablo in Spanish, or Garganta do Diablo in Portuguese. The first European to record the existence of the falls was the Spanish conquistador Alvar Nunez Cabeza de Vaca in 1541. Here are some fun facts for you. You may have heard this one, but upon seeing Iguazu, the United States First Lady, Eleanor Roosevelt, reportedly exclaimed, Poor Niagara! Also, the Iguazu Falls have been featured in several TV shows and movies over the years. Here are some you may be familiar with. The Mission, Mr. Magoo, Miami Vice, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Captain America, Civil War, and Black Panther. Okay, before we dive into today's story, I want to give you a little folklore that surrounds the Iguazu Falls. It's a fascinating tale of two lovers who are on the run. This comes directly from an article I found on JourneyLatinAmerica.com. So if you want to read along with me, see the show notes. I put a link to the article there. So without further ado, here's the legend of the falls. The area around the Iguazu Falls on the border of Argentina and Brazil was once the home to many tribes, one of which tells a tale steeped in tribal folklore of the creation of the falls. According to the Guarani tribe, a young girl would be chosen to be sacrificed every year to please the serpent god of the Iguazu River. Supposedly, as the time of the sacrifice approached, the serpent god saw a young girl playing by the river and fell madly in love with her. Unfortunately, as it is quite common in these things, this young girl, oblivious to the dangers of being noticed by the serpent god so close to the river, had not been considered worthy enough to be sacrificed, as was in fact due to be married only a few weeks later. The groom-to-be, or secret lover, the story does vary depending on who is telling the tale, pled with the Guarani tribe elders to spare her, but the elders were more interested in not offending the serpent god and promptly denied his request. In a desperate attempt to save his bride, the boy hatched an idea for the two of them to elope together and live out the rest of their lives on the run, perhaps hoping the calm, winding river waters would lead them to freedom. In the deep of night, he freed his bride, and in the darkness, the two lovers boarded a small canoe and escaped down the river, heading out into the unknown. Of course, this poorly planned escape attempt did not go unnoticed by the Serpent God. At the sight of the two lovers furiously paddling down the river, the Serpent God raged up and tore through the river, chasing them, causing the river to swell and the turbulent waters to break the mud banks. The river twisted through the landscape and became a furious torrent, but still the canoe with the two levers stayed afloat and just out of reach from the serpent god. In a final act to catch the levers, the furious serpent god split the earth from beneath them. Huge chunks of earth and mud came crashing down around them, and the boy was thrown from the canoe to the muddy bank on the north side of the river, the Brazilian side he stood to see the canoe of his bride fall into the devil's throat. As this happened, the serpent god turned the girl into a rock on the Argentine side to save her from certain death. To punish the boy, the serpent god transformed him into a palm tree so he would be unable to reach his bride. For eternity, the two lovers are separate the boy as the palm tree on the Brazilian side of the falls, and the girl as the great rock that lies above the devil's throat on the Argentine side. You may hear this tale on a walk around either side of the falls, but it's really only from the Brazilian side that you can catch a bit of nature, or possibly the truth in the tale, providing a spectacle. When the sun shines bright and the river is full, a rainbow is visible linking the rock with the palm tree, and joining the two tragic lovers together. That is, if you believe, the Guarani folklore. Well, that was quite a tale. I would have loved to know this before I visited the falls. If I ever go back, I will be looking for that rock and that palm tree. As you heard in the legend and from the Iguazu facts I stated earlier, the falls can be reached from two main towns, one on either side. Foz de Iguazú in Brazil and Puerto Iguazú in Argentina. And it's from this little town of Falls de Iguazú that our story begins. After the tranquil beaches of Floripa, Brazil, a story for another time, I set out on my next and final adventure to be had in Brazil, the Iguazú Falls. I had no idea what to expect, and my days near this natural wonder of the world were filled with awe and utter amazement. There was an energy that I could feel from those waters, and I could not help but have a smile on my face. The first day in Falls de Guazu went on without a hitch. I met some lovely new friends from the Netherlands at the bus station, and we just so happened to be staying at the same hostel. Once we settled in, I decided to visit the Brazilian side of the falls with one of my new Dutch friends. It was a beautiful park, and very peaceful. It wasn't very crowded that day, so we had time to just sit and gaze at the nature all around us. On the Brazilian side, you can get an overview of the falls, and even get right up next to them. They were breathtakingly beautiful, though that falls incredibly short, no pun intended, of describing what I saw and experienced. I was literally bathed with white water from the spray of the falls it was absolutely wonderful once we were done visiting the brazilian side we went back to our hostel i enjoyed a meal and good conversation with my new travel friends and went to bed early because the next day we were scheduled to set off to the argentinian side of the falls i remember waking up early that day really excited to be able to visit the falls again Like I mentioned before, there was an energy you got from the water and the air surrounding the falls. It just felt like magic. We piled into the van, ready to go, as our tour guide was making sure we had all our passports with us as we were headed into Argentina. I had mine ready in hand with a big smile on my face, until, dun dun dun, I found out a sweet little surprise that the argentinian government decided to pass during my month in brazil moments before we were to head out the leader of our tour asked me where was my proof of reciprocity to which i responded reso i had no clue what he was talking about and even less of a clue that argentina had passed this new law for u.s citizens to have in order to enter the country now i am a planner as you may have noticed in many of my stories before I like to be in the know. I had done my due diligence and made sure I looked up the country guidelines of each country I had planned on going to during this four-month trip. One, because I'm a rule follower, to my detriment at times. Two, I don't like to be in trouble with authority, and I don't really do well (laughs) with authority figures. So I try to avoid any and all confrontations with police or immigration officers. I like to make sure I have my ducks in a row and be prepared for almost every outcome. Well, if you've learned anything by now, traveling does not always allow for that to happen. In fact, when you plan everything out, oftentimes that's when you have to deal with your biggest setbacks. And this was a huge setback. I swore up and down I had no idea that this was even a thing. I didn't even think to check the country guidelines again. Because as far as I knew, I was good to go when I left for my trip. Well, I couldn't have been more wrong. If you want to talk about your travel anxiety, here's where it came up for me. My face turned flesh. I was suddenly sweating and could feel an anxiety attack coming on right then and there in the tour van. I didn't really understand what was happening to me. Everyone was staring at me and I felt like a fish in a fishbowl and so stupid. I messed up big time and I had no clue what to do. Thoughts of having to stay in Brazil for longer than expected, as well as, well, this is it, my trip is ruined, I'm just gonna go home, type of thoughts bubbled rapidly to the forefront of my mind. At that point in time, when someone told me there was a fee to enter a country, all I had to reference for this type of thing was getting my Brazilian visa, which took me a good month to apply for and receive. Luckily, the tour guide picked up on my panic, looked at me, and said, It's okay, you can pay for it online right now and print it out. And when he said that, a rush of relief fell over me. We jumped out of the van, ran to the computer, and found the website to pay this reciprocity fee. All went well until I had to print it out. The hostel's printer was broken, of course, and it was early on a Saturday morning with most of the shops being closed. Luckily, I had a flash drive with me. I always, for whatever reason, carry a flash drive with me when I travel. After I downloaded the proof of payment for my reciprocity fee and saved it to my flash drive, the tour guide came to the rescue again. He had called a friend who owned a shop that had a printer, and it was open. We jumped in the tour van and drove to the shop, along with everyone who was going on the tour to the falls that day. I was so embarrassed and apologized to everyone over and over and over again. Luckily, they were really kind and told me, not to worry, that it would be okay. Nevertheless, I still felt terrible delaying everyone's day at the Cataratas in Argentina. We got to the shop, printed out my reciprocity fee, and hightailed it to Puerto Iguazu, Argentina. Luckily, the process only delayed us about 30 minutes behind schedule. I again apologize to everyone the entire ride to the border of Argentina. We got to the border, I pulled out my passport and proof that I paid my reciprocity fee, and passed through Argentina with flying colors. A sigh of relief fell over me as we entered the park. My new Dutch friends teased me throughout the day about my blunder that morning. I was able to let it roll off my back finally and tease myself right along with them, instead of dwelling on what went wrong. That day was pure magic. I went on a boat adventure ride underneath the falls and was soaked from head to toe. It was an absolutely amazing day. And to top it off, I saw at least a hundred rainbows. It was so majestic. I could not stop smiling and soaking up the beauty that surrounded me. We spent the entire day on the Argentinian side of the falls. I have never before felt so small. The power of those falls are incredible. There's something magical about that place. Words literally just fall short to describe it. After the day was done, I spent my last night with my new friends, sharing our stories and speaking Dutch. Well, not me, of course. It's a heck of a hard language to speak. I tried my hand at a few words, trust me, and I failed miserably but it was so fun and wonderful to be around other travelers. Up until that point, I had been traveling in Brazil by myself, so it was nice to have some new friends. The next day I was off to the bus station, heading south to Argentina, with my reciprocity fee paper in hand and on to my next adventure. If you ever want to visit the Iguazu Falls, I found a super helpful website. The link to it is in the show notes. It gives you the breakdown of each park, How to get there, what to do at each park, the hours of operations, as well as the cost to enter each one. It's a great website with fantastic info. Also, if you're wondering what the reciprocity fee was all about, it's just a fancy way of saying visa. At the time, and for a little while there, Argentina was requiring U.S. citizens to have this visa, or to pay this reciprocity fee, in order to enter the country. When I settled in in Buenos Aires, I researched a little bit more about this fee, because I was curious, trust me. I found out that it was a little government back and forth at play. At the time, Argentinians were required to get a visa to enter the U.S. So, in turn, Argentina passed a law that required U.S. citizens to get a visa too, but without the process. We just had to pay a fee, essentially, online, to have a paper proven that we did. It was very confusing because, like I said, I had checked each country's requirements for entering that I planned on traveling to during that trip just before I left. But as you know, things change overnight, and that's why now I always check the entry requirements literally the day I'm due to travel, just to make sure, even if I'm in another country. I never want to be caught off guard or put in that panic state again. And still to this day, I have that little piece of paper I printed off that Saturday morning in that little town of Foz de Iguaçu to remind me of the lesson I learned. If you have a travel story where you learned a significant life lesson, or where you met someone along the way that had a big impact on your life, I want to invite you to come on the podcast and be one of my guests for a future episode. Please reach out and get in touch with me at anxious club at gmail.com. I'd love to start featuring you, my listeners and your amazing travel adventures here on the podcast. For now, I do have a ton of stories to tell. And if you're up to hearing more, I'll definitely keep telling them. As you can see, I've made a lot of mistakes while traveling. I'm a perfectionist at heart. So for me, making mistakes can be really hard and set me back. But this is one thing that I want to make sure you know as a traveler. You will make mistakes. Sometimes they will be big ones. Sometimes they will be small. Sometimes you will not be able to control it at all. But if you take the time to reflect and learn from them, your confidence will grow with each one made. Traveling is really hard. And it's also really beautiful. Travel changes you as you move through this life and this world you change things slightly you leave marks behind however small and in return life and travel leaves marks on you most of the time those marks on your body or on your heart are beautiful often though they hurt anthony bourdain i really want you to know that this is a safe place to tell your stories so if you're not feeling up to being a guest there is another way to get your stories told and your travel adventures out there for others to hear. And that's via email. I'd love to collect your stories and share them here on the podcast. All you have to do is email me at the anxious adventures club at gmail.com. Put in the subject line, my travel experience, and then fill that email with your story or stories. I truly love to learn from other people's experiences so feel free to include any tips or lessons you've learned along the way. That way, this podcast can become a co-creation between you and me and really start to help all those anxious adventurers out there become more brave and knowledgeable. I've said it before, I know, but I can't wait to see your stories in my inbox. So please send them in. Okay, that concludes this episode. I hope you enjoyed that little adventure at the Iguazu Falls. Have a question for me? I'd love to answer. Just hit me up on Instagram at skies. You can DM me anytime. I love to talk, travel, and help out any way I can. And if it's a question I think would benefit us all, then I'll share it in one of the upcoming episodes. Instagram is also the place where I share all the photographs, videos, and visuals for each podcast. Plus, if you didn't know, I have an online ethical fashion boutique called Mariposa Skies, hence the name of my Instagram. (laughs) And Instagram is your go-to place to check out the fashion finds from my travels, meet the artisans who make the fashion, and see all the accessories that have played starring roles in my previous stories. And as always, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you learned a little. I hope you laughed a little. And my hope is that you left with some things to think about. All right, that's it for now. Until next time, my anxious adventurers, ciao, besos.